with Amy and Fee. This week we're going to talk to Alexis from Fortis Therapy and Training but before I do I'm going to ask Amy how was your week? Honesty please. Honestly oh well we're recording this in half term um, and I can honestly say on Friday I was a wreck. I cried at least four times. I had a proper I miss my mum. I want to sit in her conservatory and eat omelettes and discuss that my children are homeschooling. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Um, wobble. I was, I think it was endotermitis heightened and it just, well, I got very drunk and fell asleep tearfully on the sofa at half past nine, which tends to be my form. Um, <laughs> but what I did do is switched off for the weekend. I took my Apple watch off. I put my phone to one side and I had baths and read until the water was cold and walked without tracking how far I was walking and the biggest thing is I didn't do any laundry I didn't do do any work and I just feel so much better for it and I I don't know about you guys and you feel especially I'm not very good at not doing anything um, I'm I used to that. Side, yeah. But today, this weekend, I was just like, right, no. And I did. I just say, right, I'm getting in the bath. And I locked the door and I took a mint tea because it was too early in the day for a glass of wine. <laughs> when is too late. early? <laughs> 10 o'clock when, in the morning. When are we saying it's too early, though? <laughs> 10 Not casting, casting judgment on all parents out there. When, when would we say <laughs> it's too early? <laughs> for me, because otherwise I, I would have been asleep by half past eight instead of half past nine. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that though so like this podcast is doing everyone the world of good we've had so many messages already and we're only like two weeks in we're recording this in half term as Amy says and we're getting messages from people saying hey you guys you you just made me go and take some time to myself and you've just made me think about myself a bit more and I've just said no to doing something that I would normally do and that's great because we're not professionals but we do we do have a professional we do have a professional who's going to help us hopefully as well as you guys listening today so Alexis I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you about Alexis I'm going to let her tell you all about her marvellous magic that she does Hi, hi, Fee. Hi, Amy. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, so I'm the managing director at Fortis Therapy and Training. Uh, we do an awful lot around um, mental health, emotional well-being. Uh, we're a therapeutic service and we provide services for everybody. So whatever age, I think our youngest client at the moment is unfortunately four years old. Um, and we work all the way through. Um, so we you know, have people who refer themselves to see us. Um, we also work with businesses and schools and organisations and uh, we provide lots of training and coaching and mediation work, reflective practice, all sorts, really. Anything that helps people, that's really what we're all about. So if we can adapt our way of working to support somebody, you know, in the most effective way we can, then we will do. Um, and, yeah, so we've got all sorts of different pieces of support work we do. We have um, the Westerly Club, which is a men's mental health group on Facebook. And we have the F Word, which is our, our other group that anyone can enter and go into. Um, just really trying to share, especially at the moment, as much as we possibly can about what 
to do to help yourself because I think that's really what we're talking about in terms of self-care is how how do we do that especially when we maybe don't have the energy and the motivation yeah yeah I mean you must be so busy at the minute we're we're now almost a year into this excuse the language shit fest you know (laughs) (laughs) it's a perfect word (laughs) it's not like a lot of us are past the um positive we can get through this yes we can because this just for so many of us myself included there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel so yeah. are you finding it that you're very busy and people's mindset have changed a lot from the beginning of the last lockdown yeah the, the I think one, I mean. um yes I thought I mean we've we were growing we've grown year on year anyway which has been amazing you know I've been in business eight years now um and I think last February, I was thinking, how the hell are we going to keep up with this pace? Because it's, you know, it was really kind of flying. Um, and then obviously we had March. And then I was thinking, oh, God, what if nobody wants what we do anymore? And, you know, kind of go down the other side of that slope. Um, but really, we're the busiest we've ever been. And it's a sad indictment, really, because if Fortis is really busy, it means lots of people are struggling. Yeah. So it's that kind of double-edged sword, really. Um, which is why we're trying to do lots of things to to help. That's just free content that people can just you know access and 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 learn more about from that. What we've seen, I think, is there's definitely been waves of different uh, responses and reactions. So you know, if you look at the first lockdown, there was that kind of. But well, for some, I think there was that kind of almost like it's an extended Christmas. You know, I think people were putting weight on. They were drinking plenty of wine. They were sitting outside. And yeah. I mean, have you ever seen an April that was as sunny as last year? <laughs> it was like a mini summer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so I was literally sat here working all the time. And I know lots of people who were, you know, getting jobs in the garden and, you know, all of that stuff. And I think that mentality of this is a short term, quite a nice window. Take the foot off the gas. Furlough came in, you know, so not... not not everybody found that helpful but there was a lot of people who did and I think we wanted the world to stop for a bit and and it did do that for a while for some people but as we've gone through and there's other areas that start to come into that like our children's education our jobs redundancies no end point so I think this lockdown particularly we've seen people finding it quite difficult because I think if Boris said next Saturday, right, you've got a reprieve, you can go into three people, three families in your house, you can have a bit of a mini Christmas day, I think we'd all feel immediately a lot better because we would know there was a bit of an oasis, but that's not where we're at. So the lack of end point, I think, is really hard. And we're seeing a lot more um, health anxiety, relationship difficulties, you know, children struggling, people finding it hard to even consider being around you know other people so you know trying to get think about how we're ever going to get back to work into office spaces and so everyone's got their own recipe really of what's going on I think it is very tricky to believe it's coming to an end now I think you're very right I think that there was an element of hope at at this time well not this time last year but the first time around because well the sun was shining like you say um and now I've always been a fairly oh let's find a silver lining thing and let's sort of just think of the positives but um there is that feeling of just groundhog day that grinds people down I think um but I'm part of um the Facebook group and obviously we've done the self um, care sessions Mm. which we'll come on to in a moment and I do find that the Facebook group especially feels like quite a safe place because I don't know about you but I feel like um, social media is a little little bit angry at the moment Mm. Um, and I'm not one who 
post something I'm very much an overthinker and if I post something I'm worried it'll upset or offend someone and trigger something that may you know like you said not everyone's feeling the same whereas I think um the um group on Facebook is just everyone seems to be on the same path or the same way of thinking it's quite a comfortable place to be is I assume that's what you were intending yeah completely I was I was nervous about how do we do this in a safe way so people can say how they're actually doing and um and you're right you're absolutely right it's there is I mean Twitter if you go in you know it's like a cesspit of worst parts of human beings I think really in some in some ways um and then you've got different responses on Instagram to what you got on Facebook and um you know my children are all doing TikToks and you know can't stand still without some kind of arm twitch going on to some rhythm they've got going on in their head um so we're all we're all getting this this information from all these different places and I think when we set up the group um and the Westerly Club as well because that's blown my mind I mean the guys in there have been amazing um that we wanted it to feel like there is no judgment here this is just we are all finding our way through and you know I've worked in mental health for years but I've still had to figure out my way through you know there isn't a a a book about this that you can pick up and say right I need to do a b and c I'm going to feel those better it's about what what you need on the day and part of the groups has been around you know just raising awareness that you know some days you're going to feel terrible and other days you might feel a bit better and sometimes that'll change minute by minute but are there different ways you can think about things that's going to help you to feel a bit more in control or a bit more connected and grounded and you know all of that stuff we know sounds quite simple but actually can be really hard to do when you're heightened and feeling anxious and you know floating floating above the earth if you like what you just said is so reassuring actually because I often get accused of being too positive and too happy but I do have miserable days or days where I feel despair and oh god how long is this going on for I'm really worried about the kids not seeing their friends so for you to say that that's normal to be you know it's okay if one day you have an absolutely rubbish day and that doesn't mean you're about to have a mental breakdown because that's completely normal in these times that you know I think just that phrase is going to help so many people because it's helping me the way that I think about that is um is to use the word natural. So it's natural to feel that. There's a lot of things beyond our control. So if you, you know, if you look back to how we, the choices we had at the beginning of last year to the choices we have now, they're incredibly limited. And that's all for good reason. You know, it's about safety and keeping well and all of that stuff. But if we, um, if we try and kind of feel like we, sh- we shouldn't be, you know, upset or emotional or We've got a lot of rules in our heads about what we should and shouldn't be doing, which is often coming comes from what we've grown up in and being stoic and, you know, all of that stuff. And actually, some days you just want a really good cry and that's OK. And, and you don't stay in that place for very long. So it's natural to kind of have that almost a bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes. And if you took hormones in that mix as well for different ages and stages, um, that creates a whole other background to it as well. So I think, you know, being realistic and giving ourselves permission to actually have downtime and you know you were talking there at the beginning about switching off and not tracking what I'm doing and you know just let go a bit and just kind of be well this is how I am today and and that's okay. I think um, we live I was thinking about this I've reflected a lot we live in a generation over the last 10 years where we've been on able to become on call 24-7 and it's now seen as the normal to be on call 24-7 so um, for me taking my watch off was quite a big deal I know that sounds really silly but I've always been someone who has responded as quickly as possible 
to um, messages and alerts because I think that's just how it's been ingrained in me through my working career you know I've always worked in communications in quite a fast-paced area and then to move onto social media um, response is key but if you let that seep into your personal life I think it can be quite overwhelming um, and I think people probably don't feel it's as natural now to not carry their phone around with them I mean how many photos on Instagram do you see of people in the bath, you know, photographing their bath even because you, yeah. take, you can't even go and read your book, just read your book, you take your phone with you. And um, I think it's really important right now with the doom scrolling because that's all we can do if we do take the time to switch off, definitely. How do you do that though, Amy and Alexis? What, what would you say? Because I struggle with that. I run um, a free parent advice service and I do try and switch off. But if I get a message from an absolutely distraught mum at 9.30pm, it pings up and I see it and I think I've just got to respond and I will. And sometimes it'll only take me 10 minutes. But the aftermath of that adrenaline and the worry and then the stress and then thinking, I hope she's going to be OK. And I've sent her in the right, right direction and everything's OK. And my husband says, you know, you've really got to stop doing this because it's not good for you. I know that you're helping other people. How do you to what would you say? How do you switch off? I, I think it comes down to boundaries, um, which as a therapist, psychotherapist, that we're very kind of hot on that. Um, and, you know, I have two phones. I have a work phone and I have a personal phone because I can't do it 24 hours a day. I just cannot be available as much as I would love to be and be able to help people all that time. I can't um, because it's not good for me to do that. And I can't then help others. So, um, I, I leave my work phone and I take my personal phone if I'm going out, you know, um, and it, it's about choosing what you respond to if you need to, you know, as well. So I might check my phone over the weekend just to make sure everything's kind of ticking along, usually because I just want to check there's nothing in the Westerly Club or the F word that I need to respond to. But I'm also, I also have to kind of remind myself that people, other people, are adults and have to take responsibility for themselves as well that I can't rescue everybody yeah. um and because it's tempting because when you do know how to help or you know where to direct somebody to or whatever it's really tempting to be really available all the time um and actually if I look back over the last few months when I've left my work phone and when I've come back to it say once a day or you know checked it the next day there's not very often something that can't wait that that couldn't wait for me to get back to it um my sense of urgency might kick in for somebody if they're feeling you know um overwhelmed but also I know that what we offer isn't a crisis service either um and there are crisis services out there so you know I've got family I've got three children I've got a busy life and busy business and I think sometimes that bit about switching off I always think if I will say to my guys at forces I just need to unplug for a I just need an unplug for a couple of days. So I'm going to redirect my emails. You know, can you pick up my phone? And I'll leave my work phone with colleagues when I go on holiday and things like that, if and when. Um, I'll leave my work phone because it, it, otherwise it's, you know, we're not designed to be switched on all that time, you know, 24 hours a day. And I think when people know that you're going to respond at 10 o'clock at night, there's nothing to stop them messaging at 10 o'clock at night. It's almost like the pattern of behaviour starts to kind of, I guess it's like a feedback loop, isn't it? You put it out there, it comes back, and that's that's kind of what happens. Very true, and I am guilty of doing that, just answering, and then another response comes back, and I think, well, I ought to just respond back to say that I've yeah. just read that. And, you you know, I can be 
working until 10, 11, sometimes midnight, you know, it's hard though. I think it's a hard thing to change your mindset to, but I think uh, good advice, definitely. I was going to ask, did it take you, have you always been like that, Alexis, or has it taken training yourself? I assume, because one of my questions I was going to have was about um, your role, your job must require you to take a lot of time to look after yourself because it must be quite full on for want of a better phrase um so have you had to train yourself to step back and look at your triggers and things like that or yeah definitely I mean I like to help people I like to offer you know um really high quality support um it's important to me that people um aren't treated like a number you know all of those things drive me massively so I have had to learn um, to, to manage myself because um, I didn't used to have two phones. I used to have one and um, I would literally be working all the time and contactable all the time. Um, and I think, you know, I grew up in a family, I grew up in a family business where if someone didn't turn up, you just carried on working. That's what you did. And you're right, Fortis is, there's 46 people working at Fortis now. I mean, that's not, you know, it's not a small, as small a business as it once was. Um, so, you know, I have to have structures in place and processes and things like that to support the people who work in it, never mind the people we support who come and come to us for a service. So um, I have to look, I have to keep myself in check. And the other thing I think as well is having people around you who keep you in check, you know, because I will I have a massive capacity to work. I'm very driven. You know, I, I'm quite resilient. And if I don't have people around me who go, hang on a minute, you know, you're not sleeping well or you're not eating as well as you were doing or because sometimes you don't even notice I don't know about you guys yeah. but you can kind of almost get in that hamster wheel and you think okay I'm doing all right I'm doing all right I'm doing all right and then next thing you know you've fallen out of the hamster wheel <laughs> with a bit of a bump hamsters are a bit of a sore subject here um our, oh, hamster, our hamster escaped <laughs> we, we found her we found her but it's it's um too much information here but it's honest podcast I was on the loo and through the door I got a knock on the door go mummy um I don't want you to worry <laughs> okay that's the big worry <laughs> but Penny's just got out I was like right okay have you got her no right okay now bearing in mind we've got two cats as well <laughs> oh god the recipe <laughs> yeah we have to find that thing very quickly where anyway. was it it was it was under the bed it was fine we got her we got her back in the cage but sorry I completely lost your train of thought then with my hamster wheels she fell off the hamster wheel <laughs> um what you were saying about resilience though Alexis um that comes because you're aware I think though because you wouldn't be resilient if you didn't know how to look after yourself do you, do you agree yes I think your resilience we have different levels of resilience. So I know that I know that last March, my, you know, I was full um, when everything was happening. I'm trying to help my guys to get things online. I'm trying to support the, the clients who are all kind of, you know, very worried and scared about what's going on. If I don't keep myself in in view, I guess, I think, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, I can I can lose myself and don't get me wrong I found all of that quite traumatic because I was just kind of like god how are we going to do this but it, I, I bounced back within a day to be like right okay this is what we're going to do right you do this you do that this is how we're going to move it forward this is what my children are going to do you know I spoke to my husband we had a conversation but that's taken that's years of knowing 
my levels and what's happening and um and also surrounding myself with people who who know me and I know them and we can support each other and they're coming from the same place and have to battle with anybody to get anything moving so resilience I think you know it, it it dips at different times it just does you know if we haven't slept very well if we're not eating brilliantly if we're not exercising if we're not taking time to switch off and we're just on it all the time you you know obviously we've run out of energy we're not we haven't got a kind of finite amount of um, an infinite amount of energy so um I think I always think about tracking so what are my energy levels like um what's my patience like what's my capacity like you know what are those indicators I know if I'm if I'm getting really tired I can't tolerate you know being around lots of people because my, my levels drop massively. So I know I'm tired. I know I need to sleep. Put something in place that helps me. Um, but, but you have to track yourself because it's, it's too easy not to and then find yourself two weeks further down the line and actually, you know, the sofa looks like the best place to be every day because the, the world becomes a scary place. And it is, yeah. it is. It's unpredictable. People are unpredictable. So if you were to give tips, because uh, being brutally honest, this time last year, I wouldn't have been able to track myself, as you, the way you put it, and mm. taken me a long time and counselling to make myself aware. And even now, you know, I still have to step back. But I'm, I'm a lot more. I mean, like I say, this weekend was quite a big deal for me to just completely acknowledge that I needed some time. But it was even bigger deal because I was aware why I was feeling like I was. Normally, I'd have just got really angry and stroppy and you know got cross because someone had left something on the stairs or not changed the toilet roll that would have been <laughs> something that pushed me over the edge now I just go, <laughs> you just go, you just go Wait, it's a toilet roll <laughs> I just said, is there any point having a toilet roll holder in this house <laughs> because apparently they just live on the floor or hang off the unit um, but I'm a lot more light-hearted about that now whereas before it might have pushed me over the edge um so for people who are just sort of suddenly sitting there going oh I've never really thought about it like that I don't really think about why I get angry because I'm sure when we're in a vicious cycle like you say you don't think you don't take you're not very self-aware because you're so busy just trying to keep going Mm. so what would you if you could give people three tips to make themselves more aware that they need to take time out or unplug what would they be I would say well as soon as you you started saying that I thought I would say small steps and those small steps can be tiny they don't have to be you know but take small steps so if that small step is that you've emptied the dishwasher first time without kind of going oh whatever I can't I can't face it if you've done it then you give yourself a a pat on the back to say that you recognize what you have done so I think the first thing is taking small steps often we look at things as massive mountain to climb and that's why it's so daunting your energy levels then drop you let them um, lethargy kicks in, apathy kicks in, and all of that just feels like too much. And it is too much because actually your adrenaline levels will be low, your cortisol levels will be high, you know, all these kinds of hormones are, are pl- flying around. So break things down into really small steps. Um, and if you manage to get one of those done, give yourself some acknowledgement for that and recognize that you've actually done it. So if you manage to get out of bed and you've made your bed, that's that's a good start to the day if it doesn't get any better than that throughout the day don't give yourself hard time our self-talk is one of the worst things we have because what we end up doing is talking to ourselves like we would to someone we really cannot stand we give ourselves a really hard time so 
you know, monitor how your self-talk is going. Are you giving yourself actually a really hard time or can you give yourself some allowances? Actually, I'm not feeling great today, but what I have done is that. Or, you know, I'm just going to give myself permission to lay here and watch this box set if that's what you want to do, you know. But it's it's how you manage what's happening in your head. That's That's what we're trying to do with therapy is we're not changing the circumstances or what's happened. We're changing how we think about it. And then that changed how we behave. So I would look, look at what the small steps are. Give yourself um, recognition and acknowledgement for what you have managed to do, however small that is, and then manage what's happening with your self-talk. And I would add a fourth one into that. And that would be um, to talk to somebody. Okay. And it doesn't have to be about how you're feeling. It might just be about talking about something else. But, you know, don't be afraid to talk to somebody, but pick out who's the right person to speak to. That's the key for me is that we're told to talk and that's, a, you know, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't believe that was the right thing to do. But think about who you're going to talk to, who's the right person who's going to, you know, help you make you laugh, you know, give you something else to think about, whatever it might be. But that's what I would that's what I would say. That, that's a, they're all really good but I do agree the talking one is a really important one um I also think I don't know about you but I talk to different people depending on what what triggers the wrong word but you, you know what I mean so for example I have a friend that I go walking with um we just go and walk around the park or the lake and we rant we basically put the world to right for two hours and oh I feel brilliant but I might go to someone else if I'm wanting to sort of have a little bit more of a I don't know a serious conversation or, or does that make sense I yeah think, yeah I think there are different people that um offer different um you know someone's very logical or maybe very, I've got some quite brutal friends as well but sometimes you need the brutal friends because you know that I think I've talked about this before Fee if you've got someone who says something brutal to you yeah. you know that when they say something positive you can believe them because if you're in Absolutely. that position of not believing, you know, not believing in yourself and relying on someone else to tell you, you need to rely, rely on the right, right person. Because otherwise, if you're anything like me, you'll go, like we said, for imposter syndrome the other day, oh, they're just doing it to be nice. Mm. <laughs> so they're yeah. really, really good tips. Yeah, you've got to trust the person, I think. That's the main mm. thing. And you're right. I mean, I, my, I talked to my sister. Um, she's seven years younger than me. And, you know, a few years ago, we wouldn't have ever spoken to each other about things like a different generation. But now it's great conversation and it's she's really brutal and I'm brutal with her. And oh, we can be incredibly nurturing. And, you know, it's it, it's it's acceptance There's acceptance within our relationship. And then I have other friends that I would talk to who would help me probably with more practical aspects of things or um, talk to me about their knowledge around something that I might not might not have the knowledge about so it's very much about who you've got around you and like we've talked you know about therapy and counseling you know get in touch with with you know like Fortis or somebody like us who you can book in with because they're not a friend and they're not a member of your family and you can say whatever you like you know whatever is going on in your head and That's work a through really important it important thing I think people are afraid to, to say what they really feel to people that they're really close to so by talking to a complete stranger you know you're not going to be judged it's not going to there's no repercussions of how you feel no there isn't and you don't have to protect them from what you're really feeling either because I think that's a big part of what gets in the way sometimes not not that that's a bad thing with friends and family but you know just going and actually being with how you are feeling and being honest about what that internal dialogue is and what's going on and and, and actually the conclusions you come to by having the conversation is it can be very different to what you started off with and that's the therapeutic process at work 
fantastic advice fantastic advice where where can people find out more and get in touch with you if they felt that they needed to have that little bit more than talking to friends and they just wanted some a little bit more help uh, so they can give us a call on our office number, which is 01472 We've got um, Fortis Therapy and Training website. If they're not ready to pick up the phone yet, but would like to just kind of access some information, there is loads on our blog page. We've got loads of content. Go in the archive and have a scoot about and see what, see what you like. There's loads of blog posts and information in there. Um, you can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, join the F word. Um, if you're a guy, join the Westerly Club. You know, there's, it's literally just, it's all out there for, for the taking. And it might be that you want to just find out more information and it might be on behalf of someone else as well. So, you know, just access. And if you're not sure, just, just ask us. We're more than happy to, to help and direct in any way we can. Can I also add the self-care sessions on Thursday um, on your Facebook group because or Facebook page because I think they're incredibly reassuring and informative I've watched every single one and I think it's really interesting the range of people you have on there um talking about their experiences and I think that there's even if you've not gone through their experience there's something to be gained from each and every person um they started in January obviously and how long are they going on till yeah so we're go we've got them till the end of March uh, so they're every Thursday night at half past seven um, and yeah, they're, they're, we've deliberately asked a variety of different people to come and talk to us. And, you know, not nobody's a professional in mental health. It's just about personal experience, really. And like you say, taking something from each of those conversations. Um, and then after March, we'll, we're looking at what we do then, whether that might be a Q&A type discussion or it might be a couple of us as therapists, you know, maybe helping people with some guidance and, and ideas. Um, but we're just deciding and just asking really what people would like, what would be helpful. We knew that this first three months from a self-care perspective was probably going to be useful because we know these first three months of any year without COVID is tough. <laughs> so <Exactly>. with COVID, <laughs> all of the level. Brilliant. New year. <laughs> yeah yeah 2021 <laughs> oh thank you you've been absolute delight to talk to and it's been lovely having you as a guest on selfish oh thank you for having me thanks for inviting me i need a little time for me to just be free of the daily